Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 12th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's been a pretty wild week, hasn't it? We started off with a big sell-off in gold. The yellow metal fell below $1,700 an ounce as everybody got all giddy over Friday's way better than expected unemployment report. Ooh, I've got a juicy little nugget to tell you about that here in just a minute. But yeah, everybody was talking about a quick economic rebound, you know, the mythical V-shaped recovery. Stocks were soaring. All was right in the world. Then Jerome Powell came along and dumped cold water all over everything. He was talking about a long road to recovery and GDP contraction of 6.5%. And gold rallied, especially on the news that Uh, monetary stimulus is going to keep going. In fact, the spot price for gold was up about 1.3% on Wednesday. It was the biggest daily percentage rise in over a month. The yellow metal pushed back up to around $17.39 an ounce. Now, yesterday, gold was down a bit with some profit taking, but the big news on Thursday was the stock market. The Dow lost 1,861 points. It was the worst day on Wall Street since back in March. Now, suddenly, everybody's gone all gloomy gus. Powell's economic outlook apparently sank in, and there was a lot of reporting about a spike in COVID-19 cases in a number of states. But stock futures were up this morning, pointing to a big rebound. As one analyst put it, quote, there is just too much cash sitting around for this to be a deep correction. In other words, the funny money printed by the Fed will keep supporting the stock market bubble for a while longer. You know, people generally have a hard time looking past their nose. The markets flip and flop based on the news of the day. It's not really driven by any kind of economic reality, not in the short run. Certainly not in today's world where monetary policy, not economic fundamentals, is pretty much driving the train. I've said before in recent weeks that the stock market has become completely detached from economic reality. I mean, how do you have the S&P 500 at basically the same value now as it was back in January before the pandemic, given everything that has happened to the economy? It makes zero sense. So really, you need to try to keep your focus on the big picture and not just how the market is reacting to daily news. I was having a conversation earlier this week with a guy who was bemoaning the drop in his gold stocks. You know, I have gold stocks too, so yeah, I get it. You see that big dip and it's easy to feel panicky. But I told him, it's just a couple of days. Look long term. Look big picture. Trust your evaluation of where you see things heading down the road. Unless you were planning on selling gold stocks today, you hadn't lost a thing. That's why I like to try to put the news of the day into a bigger picture perspective. Now, speaking of bigger picture, we got the weekly unemployment claims report yesterday. Yet another 1.542 million people filed for unemployment last week. I think we've gotten numb to these numbers. In any normal context, one and a half million people losing their jobs in one week would be like a huge crisis. Now it's good news because it's not 2 million people. But think about this. We're in the process of opening up, right? 
Early in the week, everybody was giddy about a recovery, and yet 1.5 million people lost their jobs last week. These are new job losses. Now, yes, some people are going back to work, but ongoing claims are still at like 20.9 million. That number has a one-week lag. So anyway, I don't know about you, but this doesn't scream quick recovery to me. So while we're on the subject of unemployment, when we got the May jobs report, I told several of my friends it seemed implausible. Given the weekly numbers that we'd been getting, an increase in jobs and a drop in unemployment just didn't make sense. I even speculated that the numbers are cooked. I mean, we all know in our heart of hearts that government numbers are cooked, right? But guess what? The numbers are cooked. I ran into an article in Forbes yesterday that reveals the jobs report has apparently been inaccurate for at least two months. The proof is right in the Bureau of Labor Statistics report. It's in the footnotes. The long and short of it is BLS has admitted that government household survey takers mistakenly counted about 4.9 million people as employed, although they were unemployed. Oops. According to the report, had the mistake been corrected, the unemployment rate would have risen to 16.1% in May. The corrected April figures would have been more than 19.5% rather than 14.7%. This is right in the report. I'll link to the Forbes article in the show notes page, and you can see a highlighted screenshot of the report showing uh, this footnote. So, speaking of government numbers, the national debt pushed over $26 trillion on Tuesday. Just 35 days ago, the debt was just eclipsing $25 trillion. And 28 days before that, the national debt stood at a mere $24 trillion. So, here's some crazy perspective for you. Peter Schiff noted this in his podcast. The first time the national debt came in over $2 trillion was in 1986. So, it took 210 years for the national debt to get to $2 trillion. We just added another $2 trillion in just a little over two months. The debt has pretty much become a big old yawn for most people. $26 trillion, it didn't even really make headlines. People just say, ah, you've been warning us about the debt for years. Nothing has happened. But never forget, what can't go on forever doesn't. I've talked about the ramifications of the debt before, and I want to get to the Fed meeting, so I won't belabor the point, but I will link to an article in the show notes page about the national debt and kind of where it's been and where it's going. So, despite the better-than-expected unemployment report last week that we now know is fake, and constant chatter about a quick economic recovery, the Federal Reserve has no intention of rolling back its crazy monetary Hail Mary. The Fed wrapped up its June Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday, and it held rates steady at 0 to 0.25%. Now, nobody expected the central bank to make any significant policy moves during this meeting. The real question always revolved around what kind of forward policy guidance the Fed was going to provide. And that turned out to be decidedly dovish and pretty darn gloomy. During the post-meeting press conference, Fed Chair Jerome Powell committed to do whatever we can for as long as it takes. Here's the Meharry translation. Don't you worry your pretty little head. The printing presses are going to keep running because we all know that this talk about a quick recovery is utter BS. They know it. 
Powell said it. I already mentioned the projection for a 6.5% GDP contraction. Powell also said of a recovery, quote, it is a long road. It is going to take some time. In its official statement, the Fed assured markets that it remains ready and committed to use its full range of tools to support the economy. The central bank indicated it has no intention of raising interest rates until at least 2022. Yes, I just said 2022. Here's the money quote from Powell's presser. We're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates. The Fed is also committed to continuing bond purchases at least at the current pace of around $80 billion per month in treasuries and $40 billion per month in agency and mortgage-backed securities. Okay then, 0% interest rates forever, QE on autopilot, but just a few days ago, everybody was celebrating the quick recovery. I said months ago, there is no exit strategy here. I'll link to that article in the show notes page. There is no way the Fed can end this extraordinary monetary policy. The moment Powell even hints that the central bank is going to raise rates, everything is going to collapse. I mean, just think about the level of debt we're going to have. I just talked about $26 trillion in national debt. It's going to be over $27 trillion before the end of this fiscal year. And Trump is talking about more stimulus, so that means even more borrowing. You can't raise interest rates in that kind of debt environment. And it's not just the government. Corporations are leveraged to the hilt, and they're being encouraged to borrow more. Consumers are leveraged to the hilt, and they're being encouraged to borrow more. So yeah, there is no exit strategy here at all. The Fed just told us that. Basically, Powell just said we're going to keep inflating indefinitely. I've talked about this before, but I have to emphasize it. What the Fed is doing here is creating inflation. That's all it can do. It doesn't create stuff. It doesn't provide services. It just prints money. That's the same thing as saying it's just creating inflation. Peter made a really good point in a tweet yesterday. Steve Mnuchin assured the public that the government was pumping money into the economy to put people back to work. But when you substitute the word inflation for money, which is really what is being pumped in, it doesn't sound so good, does it? You know, Peter has been talking about a dollar crash, well, pretty much since 08 and really even before that. But, you know, he's not alone. There are actually some people in the mainstream who are starting to sound warnings about a dollar collapse. An article by Yale economist Stephen Roach published by Bloomberg this week echoes Peter's warning about the dollar's demise. Roach opens with an ominous warning. He said, the era of the U.S. dollar's exorbitant privilege as the world's primary reserve currency is coming to an end. Roach goes on to assert that, quote, U.S. living standards are about to be squeezed as never before, and he warned that a crash in the dollar could well be in the offing. Sounds a lot like Peter, right? And this is a Yale economist, so, you know, not exactly uh, uh, a fringe kind of guy here. I mean, it makes sense, right? You can't just keep printing money forever. But basically, the Fed is telling us that it's going to keep printing money forever. And you can't keep interest rates at zero forever. But that's basically the Fed's plan. It's not even thinking about thinking about raising interest rates. At some point, the inflation monster is going to rear its ugly head. Never forget, what can't go on forever doesn't. 
Here's what should really keep you awake at night. It's the fact that the Fed has zero plan to deal with this. I mean, that's the rub. At some point, it's going to face a choice. It's either going to have to make some move to normalize monetary policy, which is going to pop all of the bubbles for good, or it's just going to have to keep going and let stagflation have its way. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't particularly like either one of those choices. So as always, the moral of the story is we've got to be prepared. We can't control this. Look at the long game. Don't get too caught up in the market moves of the day. Keep focus on these fundamentals, these underlying currents. And if you want to talk to somebody about how precious metals can help preserve your wealth, what role they can play in your portfolio as things unfold, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. You can give him a call at 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can just shoot him an email to info at shiftgold.com, and they'll get right back with you. So that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes, on Stitcher, or on Google Play. You can subscribe to the Shift Gold YouTube channel. The uh, Friday Gold Wrap is there. Also, this week I did a video uh, asking the question, who is going to pay for all of this borrowing and spending that the federal government is doing? So you can check that out over at YouTube. You'll find notes for all of this stuff on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a fantastic weekend.